0: This is episode number 13, Thinking Celestial. Did you know that you can have a great relationship with your adult children even if you have faith differences? My name is Candace Clark. I'm a mom, a professional certified life coach with advanced certification in faith based coaching, and a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. If you're willing to make more room for difference in your family and your church, I can show you how. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to dive right back into thoughts again. Awareness of what we're thinking and what we're creating in our lives with those thoughts can change your life in powerful ways. I've talked in an earlier episode called Life Eternal about thoughts being neither true nor untrue. My thoughts are sentences in my brain. Sometimes I'm asked to give a talk at church, so I assemble sentences to share with other people in sacrament meeting. These sentences are also thoughts, things I think and believe. I think my thoughts are true, or at least I did when I said them in sacrament meeting, but not everyone would agree with me. Let's take the sentence, Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. That, for example, is a thought that I happen to believe is true, but it isn't a fact in the verifiable sense. It isn't measurable in the way the temperature outside is measurable on a thermometer that everyone agrees provides useful information in either degrees Fahrenheit or Celsius. And it's okay with me if someone else doesn't believe that thought. It isn't a problem. So in the paradigm of the coaching model I use, the speakers at General Conference of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are offering us their thoughts, just like I offer my thoughts in sacrament meeting, just like my bishop offers his thoughts in ward council. We might find it useful to believe their thoughts. I have personally found it a useful exercise to read through General Conference talks looking for sentences that I believe. I have deep love and respect for the leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They are genuinely trying to help people, both when they give talks and when they operate in the day-to-day responsibilities of their current assignments. They are human beings doing their best in their calling, just like my bishop, just like me. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the thoughts President Nelson shared in his Think Celestial talk at October General Conference The word celestial calls to mind the celestial kingdom, the highest order of heaven where we can live the kind of life that God lives. I hope you can feel the great love and respect I have for President Nelson as I talk about the effect his talk has had on people I've interacted with. President Nelson framed his talk as a response to the question, What have I learned in nearly a century of living? In other words, What are the thoughts that have served me well throughout my mortal life? It's important to remember that both his thoughts and how they have served him are impacted by his own experiences, which are individual to his personal path. Some of them may be useful to us, and some of them may not. President Nelson defines thinking celestial as being spiritually minded. He quotes 2 Nephi chapter 9 verse 39 in the Book of Mormon. To be spiritually minded is life eternal. If you listened to the earlier episode, you can probably guess from my thought experiment on eternal life that this is a thought I find useful. I apply it to myself and try not to worry about what it means to or for anyone else, including my children. In fact, I find that when I get distracted by worrying about whether my children are sufficiently spiritually minded, my own mind gets pulled out of the spiritual alignment I need to have with love and the infinite redeeming power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. When I think my kids are doing it wrong, I start judging them and trying to control them. That is not the way to eternal life. Some of the specific examples of thinking celestial that President Nelson offers have been challenging for people in less-than-ideal family circumstances with respect to the Church of Jesus Christ. For example, some people in mixed-faith families are using against each other his general counsel that we should, quote, never take counsel from those who do not believe, end quote. I imagine President Nelson had in mind specific moments in his life where he was offered counsel from someone who may have been some kind of expert, but was not a person of shared faith. We don't know. He didn't say. But it's likely he had a thought model that looked something like this. Circumstance. Person says words. President Nelson's thought about that might have been... This person does not know what's best for me. And that might have created a feeling of self-trust in him, which resulted in the actions that he would make his own decision, disregard the person's counsel, and move forward with faith in God that things will work out. The result of that is that he reinforces his ability to discern what's best for himself through personal revelation from God. That sounds like a thought model we might want to emulate in our own lives. Nothing wrong with that. It's fabulous to have self-confidence and trust in God such that we don't subordinate our own judgment to someone who isn't the expert on our personal lives and faith. However, the thought, quote, never take counsel from those who do not believe, end quote, has had some unintended consequences, particularly in mixed-faith marriages. For example, after hearing this talk, a husband told his wife she can no longer counsel their children outside of his presence because she doesn't share his religious beliefs. Here's what that thought model might look like for this husband, complete with the thought error, my wife can't be trusted. The circumstance is... That President Nelson said, quote, never take counsel from those who do not believe, end quote. Now, if we want it to be a fact that we can put in the circumstance, circumstance line, then it's important that we include the President Nelson said part. Because we were all who watched General Conference, we listened to him say these words. We can go back to the recording, it's a fact that President Nelson said, quote, never take counsel from those who do not believe, end quote. And then this husband had some kind of thought. And one thought he might have had is, my wife can't be trusted to counsel our children. And the feeling that created for him was distrust. So he might have worried, started looking for parenting disagreements with his wife, He might tell his wife she can't counsel their children, which is what he did, and refuse to counsel with his wife. And the result of that is that he can't be trusted to counsel with his wife. It isn't true that his wife can't be trusted to counsel their children. It's just his thought. I don't know this man's actual thought, but I think the model I have offered is plausible. And you can see how his thought error is not creating a good result in his life. These are not good fruits. He could just as well have had a different thought about what President Nelson said, like, My wife and I share a lot of beliefs and values. That thought model looks like this. The circumstance is the same. President Nelson said, quote, Never take counsel from those who do not believe. End quote. The thought could be, My wife and I share a lot of beliefs and values. And that might create a feeling of trust. And then the actions that he could take from trust would be to look for common ground with his wife, tell her the things he appreciates about her as a parent, counsel with his wife about their children. And the result of that is that he demonstrates and builds belief within his family. This idea that people with differing beliefs don't have wisdom to offer is the fundamental political problem in the world. When we question people's motives or intelligence, we make them the enemy. When they're the villain, then we're the victim. And defensiveness never was happiness. I am confident that President Nelson agrees with me about this inability to sit with difference being a big problem. He said as much in his April 2023 talk, Peacemakers Needed. He said, I am greatly concerned that so many people seem to believe that it is completely acceptable to condemn, malign, and vilify anyone who does not agree with them. Sometimes we treat our children who don't come to church with contempt similar to the way this husband treated his wife. That wickedness on our part that wickedness on our part will never lead us to happiness. Our doubt in other people's goodwill creates contention. When we insist we're right, we make them wrong. It's all heroes and villains instead of good people with sincere differences of opinion. On the other hand, when we believe in the goodness of people and the sincerity of their point of view, we are well on our way toward finding a way forward where there's room for all of us to be here, beliefs intact, differing experiences accounted for. That's work we need to do for our own peace as well as for our children. I don't think President Nelson ever intended for us to stop listening to people with different beliefs than we hold. There are many people outside of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who have positively impacted my life with their wisdom and understanding whether or not they believe in God. I just make sure that I am not allowing anyone inside or outside of the church of Jesus Christ to override my own internal compass, my connection to the Holy Ghost, where I receive personal revelation and wisdom from God about how I want to proceed in my own life, how I want to behave, and who I want to become. I remember trying as a child to make sense of how people in the same family can be in different degrees of glory when the highest or celestial glory is supposed to be the place where families are, quote, together forever. I can imagine that a lot of parents with kids not coming to church felt similar confusion or pain or worry when President Nelson asked us. So, my dear brothers and sisters, how and where and with whom do you want to live forever? You get to choose. We can be inclined to think that our children who don't come to church are choosing not to live with us forever. That thought creates challenging emotions for us. I've already shared something of how I think about this for myself. I have simply decided not to despair. I have decided that there is a lot we still don't know about the eternities and that there is a lot that I still don't know about my children. They are each on their own individual journey under the watchful eye of perfectly loving heavenly parents. That decision to trust in the infinite power of the atonement of Jesus Christ is one of the choices I make today that will determine my experience now and how much I grow here in mortality. My choices impact my capacity to be more loving, as our Heavenly Parents are perfectly loving. When I think of beginning with the end in mind, the end for me is becoming increasingly more Christ-like. It's making room for people who see things differently than I do. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind. A Sound Mind Thinks Celestial. The practice of thinking celestial helps us embrace learning and growth as essential parts of God's plan for us. It helps us embrace the reality of Jesus Christ's infinite atonement. Remember, there are no empty chairs. Hey there! If you enjoy this podcast, or even if you just find that it piques your curiosity or makes you think— Please follow it and share it with your friends. Your rating and review makes it easier for others to find the podcast. If you'd like to find more from me, the coach for moms whose kids don't come to church, please go to my website, CandiceClarkCoaching.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Candace Clark Coaching. Thanks for listening.